would you, would you give a warm welcome to our dear pastor, my dear brother. I love him so much. Can't wait to hear what God's got on his heart tonight. I love you, man. I love you too, brother. Mm. Give it up for Pastor Gavin. Him and his wife, Lachey, just incredible people of God and uh, pouring into uh, our kids at Victory Life Academy. Uh, Gavin is the academy pastor and also our uh, athletic director. And uh, we just celebrate. We're going to give, we're going to need to give Pastor Gavin some love. Another ovation here. For our dear friend, thank you for the work you do with our kids. Love you. Awesome. Well, I think I'm going to start something new tonight, and we'll see how long my attention with it lasts. Uh, but I want to, call, I want to start a, a series of talks tonight that we're going to call Accepted. Accepted. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to call this talk, uh, or the series of talk, Accepted, but we're going to call tonight, um, our subtitle or our title for tonight is going to be, I Love You Too. I love you too. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us. And I pray, Lord, that out of a place of abiding that love, we would grow in faith. And I thank you, Lord, that as we grow in faith, as we grow in what it means to trust you and to believe your word, thank you, Father, for manifesting your realities into the midst of our realities. And that everywhere that we go, would be a place where heaven invades the earth. It's in your precious name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 I want to propose to you tonight that whenever you become assured of God's love for you, that will produce a boldness in you to believe Him. When you become assured of God's love for you, that will produce a boldness in you to believe him and what he says about every situation in your life. I want to share with you a, a quick story. This is a, a recent one, but it's a good one. I didn't know for sure if I was going to share it or not, uh, but there just was so many confirmations that came during the worship. And for the, those of you that don't know me uh, in regards to uh, on a working level, there's absolutely no way that the ministers up here before I get up here would know what I'm going to talk about. Because I don't know for sure what I'm going to talk about uh, until right whenever I get up here is when everything gets solidified. I'm thinking on it. I'm praying on it. I have notes scribbled down everywhere. And then I just get up and go. And then it starts kind of coming together. So, but uh, that's, that's, that's still under refinement, okay? I'm not going to plan to be that way for forever. But uh, So yesterday, and uh, I know that uh, my... My, my wife has an incredible gift uh, to write and to encourage people uh, through use of social media. Uh, can I just have a round of applause if you've been encouraged by something that my wife has shared on one of her pages? I love, I, I love her way with words and her ability to reflect on the uh, things in our life that seem very normal and just the effect that it has on people. And we constantly just get awesome uh, feedback on, you know, man, that, that post really ministered to me. And she just has like this storyteller thing on the inside of her. And uh, so she, she posted a little bit on this today. 
And, uh, and I really like the post today because there was a lot about me in the post today. And I like that. Anybody else like when things are about them? I do. Oh, you just, you're, you're pretending to be very spiritual. You don't want to admit it. I like when things are about me. So uh, today's uh, Serena and I's anniversary. And uh, yeah, so in, in front of everybody, I want to say that I have found favor from the Lord in a good thing. Uh, because he who finds a wife finds favor from the Lord in a good thing. And she is the best woman in the world for me. And I love you. So I, I come home yesterday, and when you live with five small children, uh, sometimes there's a little bit of, of uh, anxiety in regards to what you're going to come home and find. Uh, it, every day is a, is a different experience, and uh, you have to learn how to, instead of, uh, instead of try to uh, create and control areas of your life to prevent chaos, you learn how to, how to navigate it and look good while you're doing it. So that's what we've had to learn how to do with five, five small children. And I came home yesterday, and uh, my uh, in-laws had just got back from a, from a trip uh, it, uh, to France. And they came back, and they had bought the kids little gifts. And one of the things that they had bought for, uh, for Jovi, our oldest, was this little necklace. And it had this little pink heart charm on it. And uh, this is like Jovi's prized possession right now. Uh, Miss Winters, she's here. The prized possession was the turtle. Remember the turtle that you gave her? Well, Mimi brought the necklace now, and the turtle's kind of taking a back seat. But you, man, you had you had first spot for like this whole time, two, three months now. So that's very good uh, with 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 the turtle. So she's got this necklace around her her neck, and uh, man, this is her prized possession. I'm pretty sure she's been sleeping with it on. And uh, yesterday, I come home. And I'm walking outside, and I just, as I'm walking outside, they're outside playing, and I see there's just tears, you know, streaming down Jovi's face. And I'm like, uh-oh, something's not, not good. So uh, I sit down, and, and Serena's sitting next to her, and uh, they were at, uh, at, at, uh, at a playground and uh, at, at a little park. And uh, I was, and, I, and Serena was on the swing next to Jovi. And, uh, and yes, I do live near a park. I have to be really careful about giving geographic location of where I live. But don't think too hard on it. I'm a lot closer than you might believe. I'm extremely close. Okay? So anyway, uh, <laughs> so, some are laughing. I got to get away from this quickly. So anyway, uh, we, we, uh, Serena is at, at the swing at the park. And uh, the park has a bunch of like shredded, shredded tire okay, and it's very dense, very thick, and Jovi's just there, and tears are streaming down her face, and I ask uh, Serena, I say, you know, hey, what, what happened, and she said, the, ch- the heart charm on Jovi's necklace, which is about the size of like a fingernail clipping, it's super small, is lost, and the little clasp, and it's gone in the midst of all of the shredded tire, and uh, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, exactly what you're thinking, right? Oh, that's too, that's too bad. And I didn't know that it had been lost for about an hour, about an hour. This thing's been gone a little while. And I come home, and uh, I just feel the Lord prompt my heart. And I didn't know what Serena had been doing before I got there. But the Lord prompt my heart that, uh, that I, really needed to, I really needed to encourage uh, Jovi. And by that time now, my wife as well. That uh, that we need to we need to believe Jesus for this for this charm to be found. Yeah, I want you to feel that for a second. All right, just feel that. 
A lot of different thoughts you can have in a moment like that. Yeah. A lot of different thoughts that you can have. It's kind of the same thought that you have whenever the Lord prompts you to agree with somebody for any miracle in their life. To step outside beyond your comfort zone and to pray with them or to encourage them about God's will or God's power in their life. And there's this little nagging thought at the back of your head that what's going to happen if you put Jesus' name on the line and he doesn't come through? Because if he doesn't come through, what you've done now and all your great power and ability is you've somehow managed to tarnish the name of Jesus for this individual person. I know when we really look at that in reality, there's no way we can possibly do that. But it kind of feels like that in a moment, doesn't it? And my wife did a great job of elaborating and expanding this point in, in her post today. But in that moment, I just, uh, I'm, uh, my, my wife and I are perfect for each other. Um, we're, we're just, I mean, I, did, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine being with anybody else. And one of the reasons that we're so good together is that we're both really hard-headed, like extremely hard-headed. And, uh, and we've actually tested that out, you know, you know, over the course of our marriage. And, uh, and, and the funny thing is, is like, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty equally like, like most scale of hardness. Like it's like an equal, equal scale of hardness. Thank you, Gavin, for letting you know what that is. So anyway, we're like, and, uh, and the, the same way that, uh, that that's able to work against you in the negative, when you actually marry somebody that's, that's hard-headed in their belief for Jesus... That's actually something that can be a catalyst for some really cool stuff. So I, I just had this sense. It's like I stepped into the playground, and I, and, I, and I literally, it's like I stepped into faith. Like when I stepped into the playground, even though there was my kid sorrowing over the, the lost necklace. Is this okay I'm telling you this story? Okay. And uh, I don't know why I asked. I was going to keep telling it. But in the middle, I just, I just want to make sure you know that I see you, and you're here, and you're engaged with what's going on. So I stepped in, it's like I just stepped into faith. There was an environment that was like already cultivated. Uh, and I think that's really what it was. And, and as I start talking to her, she said, we've been praying. And I told Joby, we're going to pray and we're going to believe Jesus to bring this charm back on this necklace. And we've been praying out here for about, about an hour. And it's like for about an hour. How many of you have been praying for about an hour? Right? It's about an hour, right? So we're there. And I think because my wife had done a great job of like, you know, saturating the, the air, if you will, with faith, I stepped into it in a moment and I was like, um, we're going we're, we're gonna to keep that, we're going to keep that going. So I told Jovi, I said, look, Jovi, now you might, you might question what kind of a parent I am when I tell you this. And that's okay. You can question anything you want to about me. I actually love to be questioned. It's fun for me. So I, I look at her and I say, hey, all right, we're going to believe Jesus to bring you back this charm necklace because it's special to you. All right? And I believe that God cares about it. So here's the question. Do you believe that Jesus can bring you back that necklace? Right? I'm going to keep going. Thank you for the encouragement. I'm really going to keep going now. I said, do you believe that Jesus is going to bring you back that necklace? And you know what? Jovi really could answer me for a minute because of all the, you know, emotion. Yeah. And she just kind of shrugged her shoulders. And then, and then I said, and then I said, Jovi, do you believe that Jesus talks to you? 
And she kind of just now is getting a little bit frustrated because I, I, do, I ask questions a lot. Uh, today I was asking questions to my, she's not my middle child, she's my center child. We call her my center child. We will not have middle child syndrome in my home. Center child. I was asking her questions, and I have to purposefully, we're helping her with her speech, and I have to purposefully ask her questions. And uh, in the middle of asking the questions, she said, Daddy, me done now? <laughs> I said, done with what? You. <laughs> it was hilarious. So naturally, no, we were not done. We kept going with the questions, okay? So I got it, you know, so I'm asking Jovi questions. I said, Jovi, do you believe that Jesus can bring his necklace? Crying. Jovi, do you believe that Jesus talks to you? And now she's a little bit flustered. You know, she has a little bit of frustration. And she shakes her head. No. Jesus, no. Jesus, I, no. Jesus did, no. I said, Jovi, has Jesus ever talked to you before? Yeah. I said, so do you believe Jesus talks to you? Yeah. I said, do you believe that Jesus can bring you back this necklace? That was the question, right? So we're standing there at the playground. And I say, okay, Jesus, we believe that you talk to us. All right? And because Jovi was having a hard time with believing right there in that moment, if Jesus really talked to her, I asked her this question. Do you believe Jesus talks to me? And she said, yes. I said, well, I believe that Jesus is going to tell Daddy and Mommy where this necklace is. And it's okay that you can't believe right now for the necklace. But I believe that Jesus is going to show up and show you that he cares about this. And I believe that Jesus wants to, I believe that Jesus wants to prove it to you. I believe that he wants to do that. So what did we do? Well, I can tell you what we didn't do. By the way, before we get too far, hold that thought. Uh, I had a word uh, from Danny during the worship. Danny, where are you at, Danny? Are you around here somewhere? There you are. Danny, listen to this. Danny had this on her heart during worship. She said this is what she felt like the Lord was saying. It's time to start saying thank you to God when he makes a promise, not just when the promise manifests. The promise is already tangible before we see it. Amen. See, I can tell you this. The charm, the charm, which is like the size of like, a fragment of fingernail <laughs> and the clasp which is like not silver it's just like flimsy little you know fake plastic metal clasp those things are tangible in the dense amount of shredded tire even when we couldn't see it see when it fell off of Jovi's necklace it didn't fall into a black hole might as well have in the amount of tire and we had like four different areas where it could have been, and we narrowed it down to one. But here's an interesting thing that happened, is that when I told Jovi, I believe that Jesus is going to bring this charm back to you to show you that he cares, to remind you who he is, all right? What we didn't do is just go sit down on the picnic table and say, okay, God, bring it to me. And the charm necklace in the clasp didn't just like all of a sudden, like this Holy Spirit wind came. And you saw, and it just like all the tire came up into a form of a cross. And in the middle of the cross, there was this shining pink heart charm 
and the clasp reattached midair. And it came in a beam of light and it just stuck onto Jovi's necklace. And she was slain in the spirit. And she came up off of the ground and she said, I will never doubt again, God. You hear some preachers talk. That's how it happens, right? There's a difference between preaching and entertaining. (laughs) All right. So this is what happened. We said, come on, we're going to keep looking for the charm. Because when you understand that there is a part of this thing, like Gavin said in his prayer tonight, that it's finished. That's Jesus' part. But Jesus on the cross didn't say that I was finished. He said it was finished. What, the part I couldn't do. You know, it's up to us to mix faith with God's word. And the book of James says faith without works is dead. All right. So I believe that what God will do is direct my searching to the appropriate place to be able to find it. But I believe that I'm going to have to dig in the ground a little bit, spread out the tire, and go after this thing. Okay. So let's be honest. In this moment... There's always plan B. And we go to Walmart and we get another charm for this necklace, right? That's back there too, okay? That's back there too. But because I stepped into this environment of faith, I think there's people in our lives and situations that have been praying for about an hour. I think those people are here tonight. But then I also think there's people that are stepping into an environment of faith in somebody else's life and that you need somebody to believe with you now. So in this moment, we start looking, and we look for probably another 15 minutes. And I keep saying out loud, Jesus is going to bring this charm necklace back. I just keep saying it. And by this time, you, you, really, you really think I'm nuts, don't you? <laughs> Jesus is going to bring this charm necklace back. He's going to bring it. And all of a sudden, Serena says, oh, here's the clasp. Okay, so the charm goes on the clasp, right? Okay, so we found the clasp, but not the charm. Are you following this at all? Okay, so God promised you an oak tree. But how many of you know, before there's an oak tree, there has to be a little bit of a sprout of something. (laughs) But the sprout is as much an oak tree, the sapling, if you will, I don't know the proper tree terms. I didn't check with Vinny before I got up here. He's the arborist among us. Okay. The sapling is as much of a tree as an oak tree is, right? But the sapling is just the promise in its immature form. Hasn't come into fulfillment. Right? Okay. But the only way for that thing to grow is it has to just make sure it gets water and sits in the sun, right? That's what you need too. The washing of the water of God's word and delighting in the presence of the sun. Delighting in the presence of the sun. Because God's true to his word. All right? So in the middle of this place, we find the clasp. And you can see Jovi perk up a little bit. Because she's like, we found at least half of it. But there's a little bit of reservation on her face. Because you see, it's like, what if I just have the clasp? Because you know what's worse than having... Nothing is having just the clasp. 
Because the class will always remind you of what's supposed to be there. Are you sure you're hearing me? So what's the promise? Is the promise the clasp? No, the, the promise is the clasp and the... Right, okay. So notice, notice the one thing that I didn't have any control over was the time frame it was going to take to find this. Notice I didn't have any control over, uh, you know, the amount of, of shredded tire in the specific spot where it's going to be. There's a lot of things about this situation I had no control over. The only thing I had control over was trusting God. The only thing we had control over was trusting God, encouraging Jovi, and digging with our hands. And you know what? That's typically enough to see breakthrough. Trusting God and moving forward one step at a time. So in this situation, we find the clasp. And then, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, every all of a sudden took a while. (laughs) But it's always all of a sudden, right? Or all of the sudden. We still go back and forth on that at my house. All of a sudden, all of the sudden. Is Rebecca here? Miss Boulding, are you here? I'm calling her out. Gavin, write down. She wasn't here tonight. So here's the thing. She's our, she's, our, she's our grammar person. I'll say it again. Every all of the sudden, all of a sudden, no matter which side of the argument you're on, how many of you know that every one of those typically took a while? Every suddenly has a process connected to it. Every single one, right? Okay, good. Pastor Lee's amen. He's amen in me, so I know I'm doing okay. When Pastor Lee's amen stops, that's where I get nervous. All of a sudden, all of the sudden, all of a sudden, I look down in between my feet and I see something that could possibly be the charm. But see, one side of the charm is hot pink and one side of the charm is like really just dull colored. Just like a, like, a, like a silverish, but it's not shiny at all. And I bend down and I look and I see that it probably had been in that spot for a while, but it was turned upside down. So you couldn't see it. So you got some of the stuff out of the way. And I saw it before anybody else did. So I grabbed it and I picked it up. And you know what I started saying when it was in my hand? I said, Jovi, you believe Jesus is going to bring you back to charm? <laughs> Jovi? What did daddy say? Did daddy say Jesus was going to bring back this charm? Yes. Yeah. Did I tell you that if we believe, we're going to see the charm come back? Yes. And you know what I did? I opened up my hand. That's it. All right. So here's where it happens. Happens every time. Because you've got that point of the story. There's two things that happen in the room. Celebration. And then there's also this. Well, good for you. Because it didn't happen for me. Yeah. Actually, it's tough when you're pastoring people, not just guest speaking, to preach this way. Because I've been smack dab in the middle of a lot of it didn't happen for me. Can I be honest with you? There's a lot of things that have happened that I don't understand. There's a lot of people that I've partnered with 
that I don't understand. But what I know is this. Do you know that if we would have said the charm is lost, that charm is still there. I just can't see it. And I'm here to tell you today that there's people in the room that could possibly have experienced loss in all different varieties. Loss means you didn't win. But I'm here to tell you just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God doesn't know where it is and doesn't mean that it will be reunited to you. Because it's not, it's, not, it's not our job to put things on a timeline, especially God. Do you know the only thing that we're required to do is to keep our heart right in the meantime? We don't put God on a timeline. We keep our heart right in the meantime. And in the middle of this experience of standing and believing, what I got to see in that moment was a little girl convinced more than ever that Jesus loves her why was I able to tell you might think how traumatic an experience if we couldn't have found the charm like you hyped up this thing so heavy no I can tell you this all right you only need hype whenever you're lacking intimacy because a lot of times inspiration is a counterfeit for intimacy intimacy will always produce inspiration But a lot of times we're trying to hype ourselves up about things and pep ourselves up in regards to our spiritual walk as a way to cover up the fact that we've lost connection with the heart of God, namely how much he loves us. Because we've let our circumstances tell us more about who God is than the word of God itself. Is that okay to say? Okay, good. So what I saw in that moment and you say, you know, if, if this didn't happen that way, what kind of, 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 it could have been, you know, traumatic or whatever this might be. But here's the thing that empowered my wife and I to look at our seven-year-old with confidence and say that Jesus is going to bring this back to you. I can, I, I can tell you it's not because I'm better at something than anybody else. It's not because of certain things that I've seen or not seen. It's, it, it's not because of my intellect, my knowledge, or my ability. I can tell you this for both of us. That whole thing came out of a deep place of assurance of how much God loves my daughter. So the response to that is a little different than the response earlier. But one's the same. Celebration. The other response in the room is cynicism, skepticism. Well, you got lucky. You can say that. But Joby got her charm back. Well, statistically, the odds were in your favor that day. Yeah, great. Statistics involves numbers. Numbers involves logic and wisdom. I believe God's the originator of all that. So God made the odds statistically in my favor that day. See, we can keep doing this. We can connect it whatever way we want to go. All right. But what, what happens? What, what, what's actually empowering that on the inside of us whenever we take a stand in regards to faith? I can tell you with confidence, 
it comes from a place of being able to tell God, not I love you, but I love you too. So let me talk about one of my kids. Tonight's just about my kids. Is that okay? Okay, good. Oh, only five of you want to, cared about it being about my kids. Well, that's fine. I don't want to hear about your kids anymore either. Then. So we have this beautiful, fire-filled. Her name actually means born of fire. She's, she's the toughest person I've ever met. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in our house, we're all afraid of her. <laughs> in a good way. No, we're really afraid. If she's all in on something and it's a good thing, it's going to be the best thing. If she's all in on something and it's a bad thing, it's going to be the worst thing. Does anybody know what kind of person I'm talking about? If you are this person grown up, I need you to come pray for my wife and I. Because the fact that you're in church tells me that you're doing better than people that aren't. And we just need to know that everything's going to be okay with one of our kids. So <laughs> a couple, I don't know, month or so, two months ago, I'm really bad with time. That's why I preach long. <laughs> we had one of our, one of our kids and uh, she started saying this. Like whenever she'd come up to you, and I love what Tate said during the worship time. I know Tate's here someplace. Tate was a great job. There she is. She talked about, uh, you know, just being able to run up and tell your mom or your dad, I love you and God. Wasn't that, wasn't that beautiful to hear, be encouraged by that prophetically? Yeah, that was great. Well, here's the thing with our, with our, second, our second youngest. She'll come up to you, well, to, not to, to us, to me and Serena, and she doesn't say, I love you. She says, I love you too. I love you too, daddy. That's how she says it. I love you too, daddy. Always different pitches with daddy. But I love it because it's a different pitch every time. And she'll come up, love you too, mommy. Love you too. And she'll tell Judah and Joe, saying, love you too, Jovi. Love you too, Judah. Love you too. So I started thinking about that. I said, you know, this love you too, that's awesome. That's amazing. And I heard the Lord tell me a couple weeks ago. He said, Somebody that says I love you too to the person in authority in their life can only happen if they live in such a way that they know that they're loved. Right? That's a beautiful thing. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love the song that we sang. I love, I love, I love your presence. That's, that's an oldie but a goodie. I love that song. There's a person in the scripture... John, the beloved disciple. You know, the one that laid his head on Jesus' chest. You've heard the analogy before. Jesus had the 12, he had the three, and he had the one. And the one was John, right? Okay. So John, and in his gospel, he actually writes at the end, you know, this is the account of, you know, me. and The disciple who Jesus loved. The beloved disciple, Jesus' one, the one that laid his head on Jesus' chest, at the Last Supper during dinner. He was the beloved disciple, not because of how much he loved Jesus, but because he understood that Jesus loved him. The beloved means he be loved. He knew he be loved by God. I believe that faith and being able to take great risks of faith, risks in general, all right? Risks in general are scary, are they not? Yeah. You ever take a risk and not have a little bit of fear? 
All right, then you're not taking real risk. If you haven't, if you haven't been afraid with the risk, then it's not a real risk. And I'm fine telling you it's a phony risk, because it is. If you haven't experienced any temptation to be anxious, to be fearful about taking a risk, whatever it might be, uh, starting a new job, moving, especially in response to something that the Lord is telling you to do. If, you've, if you have sensed zero fear in taking that risk, then I don't think it's a true faith risk. You know, the beauty about taking a risk, and you might say, well, how in the world is this the beauty? The beauty of taking a risk is that you have, an, you have the possibility of falling flat on your face. And you say, well, how's that a beautiful thing? Well, I have, I have a little bit different view of failure than most people do because I, I, I believe this. I believe failure is actually a great fertilizer for some things to grow, which is called dependence on God. <laughs> and, and, and I believe that failure is a great pesticide to keep something unwanted out of the garden of our hearts, and that's called self-righteousness. Believing in our own ability. Nothing will get you humble and quick to depend on God like failing. <laughs> right? I don't, trust me, I don't want to invite failure in my life, but when it comes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive it as an opportunity to grow in my dependence in the Lord. But there's a positive correlation between people that are taking God risks, people that are putting God's name on the line in the sense of, I'm believing for God to come through in this particular area. There's something directly connected to people that are believing God and their ability to know that they're loved by God. Because perfect love casts out fear. Yeah, casts out fear. So if there's a particular thing that you feel is a risk that God's wanting you to take in your life, you know that it's directed by the Lord. You know it's a God risk. My, my question is this. Before you start trying to muster the faith to do it, have you rested in the Father's arms enough to actually be able to take the faithful stand. Because a lot of times, especially in the charismatic world, I love us charismatic folks, don't you? Oh, you don't love yourself or your brothers or sisters? This is crazy. Uh, maybe you don't know charismatic. Charismatic just means that we believe that God still shows up and does cool stuff, miracles, you know, all that kind of thing. They didn't die and pass away. Jesus does that, yeah, that's right. And then some of us speak in tongues too, but let's not go there. So here's, let's just stay on what we're, what we're talking about. Especially in charismatic circles, I found that when we start talking about faith, people a lot of times default to this like little engine that could mentality. Do you remember the little engine that could? Do you remember that? I know, I know this is like, this is really deep, really profound, but I, I'm here to tell you that what, what you really find in, in walking with God that the whole reason that a lot of times that things are messed up in your life is just because you haven't got the basics right. That's true. That's and the whole reason that peace is absent and joy is absent is not because you don't have a detailed understanding of all the typology and symbolism of the tab tabernacle of Moses. It's because you don't know what it actually means to connect with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and real eternal life, which is knowing God and Jesus Christ to He sent. It's not your intellect that's keeping you from experiencing the kingdom. It's your level of intimacy with God. 
just childlike connectivity with the Lord. Think how childlike it is. I just think about this. It's just crazy to me to be digging through a bunch of shredded tire, <laughs> saying to yourself that some invisible guy that's king of the universe that lived 2,000 years ago that I've never met in person is going to show up supernaturally in some way through some Holy Spirit power and he's going to help my seven-year-old find his necklace. Do you know how ridiculous that is to the world? Do you know how ridiculous that is even to religious people in the church? You know how ridiculous that is to the carnal and renewed mind? That's why I love it so much. I love the kingdom of God is because it's so simple, it's offensive. I love how uncomplicated it is. I love how much Jesus cares about the pink heart charm on my seven-year-old's necklace. I love that about Jesus. You know what that, because that really speaks to his character more than anybody that's graduated from seminary has ever taught me. More than any book on theology I've ever read. Jesus caring about my seven-year-old's heart means more to me than a lot of the things that I've experienced in, 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 in regards to my Christian life. I love that. The simplicity of the kingdom of God is a beautiful thing. That's why Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you can't even enter into the kingdom. You say, you know, pastor, I'm really wavering in this particular area. That's totally okay. Notice in my conversation with my daughter, I never got on to her for wavering. It's easy to critique when it's not your problem. It's easy to come in and to start telling everybody exactly what they need to do and boom, 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 boom and throwing a bunch of Bible verses everywhere and all that kind of stuff. All I did is I came in, I just asked the question because I needed to know. Do you believe that Jesus can bring this back? Do you believe that Jesus will tell us? And she said, no, I'm, that's where I'm at. I needed to get a, a level <laughs> on where the faith is. That's where I'm at. That's okay. You know why I'm okay whenever I'm believing for things for other people? And they don't have the level of faith at that moment to believe for it themselves. You, you, you know I'm okay with that? Because I read things in the Bible like Peter at the beautiful gate with the lame beggar that's asking for alms for silver and gold. And Peter says, I don't have any silver and gold, but what I do have, I'll give you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And he just grabs the guy and picks him up off of the mat. You know, I don't think the lame beggar's faith made a difference in that moment. Listen, I don't need your faith because Paul says I've got the faith of Christ on the inside of me. Listen, if we're dependent on my faith or your faith for anything, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble because it's only the faith of Christ. Here's the thing, because a lot of times our faith has an expiration date and a shelf life. Do you know how you get through and you navigate disappointment when your faith is the faith of Christ, not your own faith? Because Christ's faith transcends time, space, and history. Christ's faith is connected to who he is as a hope. And Paul says, if we have a hope for this life only, we of all people are the most to be pitied. Do you know what? There's a very real possibility that we might not have got the charm back. Do you know what? Jesus is still Lord and he's gonna move in the situation and his name's not gonna be tarnished. But do you know, but do you know what could happen? I can tell you what could happen. If we left the playground just because we can't see the charm anymore, we couldn't find it. Let's say we couldn't find it. We just couldn't find it. You know what I believe? 
we could show up to church the next Sunday and God could put somebody, something on somebody's heart. But I just thought about your daughter and I was in Walmart and your daughter just came into my mind and I just decided to grab this necklace off the shelf. And you come up and a whole week has gone by of Jovi wrestling with why didn't God come through? Why didn't God help me? And all of a sudden somebody show up and say, hey, I got this for you and I have no idea why. It wasn't the original, but can I get a witness? It helps. I'm telling you that one, we can't limit how God shows up because even in the midst of great loss and great pain, God's able to show up and reveal to us and show us things that blesses our heart beyond measure that restores our trust and confidence in him. I'm here to tell you that as charismatic people, we can't get stuck in this rut rut of thinking of faith as the little engine that could. And I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I chuka 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 chuka. You're not called to have faith in you. You're not called to have faith in your ability to pray. You're not called to have faith in your ability to quote scripture. Let me tell you something. Life can really hit you with some stuff sometimes. And no matter how much scripture you memorize in a moment because of the sting of what life's thrown at you, you might not be able to remember any of it. If you're like me, I have trouble remembering what time it is. And I'm over time right now. You might forget. It might happen. Listen, we're not called to have faith in us. We're not called to have faith in our ability. We're not called to have faith in how perfect that we pray. We're not called to have faith on how perfectly we have the Bible memorized. There's only one thing that's scriptural that we're supposed to have faith in, and that's the character of God. Our faith has to be deposited in God. And our faith is not supposed to have some contingency policy to it. Well, here's my faith in God is only good for 24 hours. Well, prepare for disappointment. My faith has to be secured in God, but I don't allow my faith to be secured in God until I allow God's love to be secured in my heart. I tell it to you once, I'll tell you again. What drove my wife and I to tell Joby to make those what might seem like an outlandish claim just a crazy claim. Put God on the spot, if you will. And said, Jovi, God's going to show up. We're not going to leave here until we find this, this charm on your necklace. The assurance for that comes from the assurance of knowing how much God loves my daughter, how much God loves me. I believe there's people in the room tonight that are believing for big things. Man, I had a much more polished thing that I was going to teach you. This is really good. You see, I haven't had blue ink tonight. This was going to be great. I used my new pen. This was awesome stuff. It was really good. And then it, sh- it shifted into this, you know, kind of unpolished talk that I'm giving you about faith. But I, I, just, I just really want to be real with you and encourage you. I, wanna, I, I don't want to show up in a place and give you something that you don't need. You, I, I really, I, I have to read the room sometimes and really just get a sense and, and, and a feeling of what, God's, of what God's doing. I believe there's people in the room that are smack dab in the middle of believing for big things. Amen. Believing for God to come through in a situation in an area. And this is what I want to tell you. You don't need filled up in your faith tank. You don't need filled up in your, in your inspiration, your hype, your motivation. All right? I don't need to preach something so exciting that you start, you know, shouting me down, jumping up and down. That's not what you need. What you need is a reminder of how much God loves you. 
you, if you really want to believe for big things, if you really want to start taking God risks, then the thing that you have to be sure of is God's love and acceptance for you. The scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter one, and I'll get into some of this hopefully next week now. I'll give you the good, the good stuff next week. Make you come back. Ephesians chapter one tells us this, that you and I are accepted in the beloved. What a powerful truth to know and believe that the way that God loves Jesus, he loves you. Do you feel that? I mean, I just, I really, I really desire, I really desire to be in a place that my soul leaps with an immediate yes whenever I hear that. Don't you? Let, do a heart check right now. What's keeping you from believing that? I don't know who I'm talking to, but God does. What's keeping you from believing? And you say, well, I do believe. Not if you don't behave like it. If there's still a gap between what you believe and how you behave, I'm not trying to be mean, but you don't believe it. True belief manifests in behavior. Period. What is it? And this isn't for me to tell you. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit this. But I believe that God really wants to move some people into a deep place of experiencing the Father's love tonight. A deep place of experiencing the Father's love. You will never have the confidence and the boldness to believe God for big things if you do not believe that he loves you the way that he loves Jesus. You say, well, how could he? Look at my history. How could he? Look at what I did five minutes before I came into the building. He's God. Do you believe that he parted the sea for Moses? Yeah, we like the Bible stories, right? You believe he shut the mouths of the lions with Daniel? Then what big shake is it for him to love you? Can't be that impossible. Every head bowed, every head close. I love it. God, thank you for interrupting my polished message tonight. Thank you for just letting me communicate something totally simple for people. Lord, I, I pray that, I pray just in front of everybody tonight that all of us would continue to stay correctable, trainable by your Holy Spirit that we would get out of our heads and sink down into the soil of our hearts. I want you to respond to this question. Not to put shame on you, but to get shame off of you. If you're here tonight and you legitimately struggle with believing that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus, just between you and him right now, I want you to just put your hand on your heart. All over the room, hands. Thank you, Jesus, for honesty in this house. Scripture says that Jesus 
is the first, not the last, but the first in a long line. Everybody say long. long. Line of brothers and sisters. Their scripture says that you are accepted and adopted in God's family because of Christ Jesus. That you bear his name and you bear his nature on the inside of you. So in the name of Jesus, I command every demonic lie to be exposed right now in Jesus' name. Every truth-twisting spirit that's tried to produce an orphan mentality be abolished in the house tonight. I pray right now, God, that deep in their hearts, that what you did for Jovi in the necklace, you do for them with what they're experiencing in their life right now. I'm assured of your love for them. I don't know at what level their faith is tonight. Doesn't matter. I don't care. But I know your love for them. You love them as much as you love Jovi. You love them as much as you love Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you, whatever the equivalent is of that thing that they're believing for in their life, I pray that it would be performed in their life. I pray, God, that your will would be released and empowered to them. And I thank you, Jesus, for just a deepening, something beyond anything that can be taught with human words, something beyond anything that can be experienced by human emotion, something spirit to spirit would shift in their hearts tonight. That they would come into alignment. Father, they would come into alignment and that all blocks would be removed. Whatever it is, Father, that keeps them from accepting the radical acceptance that you have for them. Right now, Father, I dust shame off of your people tonight. I'm here to tell you tonight that the cross of Jesus is able to be applied to your mistakes, not just other people's mistakes. There's people in the room tonight with a huge mercy gift and that are quick to forgive and they're constantly dealing out mercy and forgiveness to everybody except themselves. And I hear the Lord say tonight, it's time for you to take some of your own medicine. Receive mercy from Jesus. Receive grace, receive forgiveness. Shame has to go. Shame is not a garment that you wear. It doesn't fit anymore. Thank you, God, for just lifting that. We just command garments of shame to just disintegrate in Jesus' name. Father, come and just clothe them, Lord, by your spirit right now. Clothe them. Clothe them in a garment of sonship, of daughtership, Lord, all over the room. Realign tonight to your word and its truth in our lives. And in mixed faith with Danny's prophetic word that was given, I want you just where you are right now. If you're believing for a promise of God to manifest in your life, I want you right now in your heart to start thanking God for the promise. Not thank you, God, it will come to pass. Thank God as if it's already come to pass right now. Just quietly between you and the Lord.
If it's something for one of your kids, just say, just say their name out loud. Thank them for that promise coming to pass in their life. Say, God, I'm not going to put you on a timeline. I'm going to keep my heart right in the meantime. I'm not letting offense get in his heart. I'm not letting discouragement get in his heart. There's no way that I can lose. Because your promise isn't temporary, it's eternal. Even if I don't see it the way I think I should see it, it's a sure thing because your name's attached to it. Whatever way it comes, God, this life for the next, doesn't matter. Whichever way it comes, your word's sure. I'll hold you to your word tonight. You can be trusted. I just say faith, rise up in the room tonight. I need, I need people with some intercessory ability. I need you to just, just pray. We need faith to rise up in the room tonight. We need love to rise up in the room tonight. We need hope. We just, we, just, we just crush the back of hopelessness right now in Jesus' name. God's people are a people of hope. Thank you, God. Thank you for your hope. Your word says that Abraham hoped <laughs> against hope. We lose hope in the room tonight. Just between you and the Lord. Let's just leverage the corporate anointing that's together, that we have right now together. Where two or more are gathered in my name, the Lord says, there I am also in the midst of them. By faith, right now, we believe Jesus is present. We believe that he's able to do right now what he did on the earth 2,000 years ago. You're enthroned on the praises of your people, Lord. This isn't theory. You might know people that play church. We don't play church here. We are church. This isn't the power of positive thinking. This is interacting with the Prince of Peace. By the Spirit. By faith. Just where you're at right now, just raise a hand if, if you connect with what I said at the beginning. You've been praying for about an hour, but, but you've, you've gotten shook a little bit. I want you to raise your hand if that's you. You've been praying about an hour, but, but you've, been, you've been shook. Raise your hand. Keep it up. Keep it up. Ministry team. Ministry team. We're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to go on a special mission tonight. All right? We're not going to have them come to us. We're going to go to them. So let's get up. Ministry team, if you're here, and if you're somebody on the ministry team that had your hand up, you're going to have one of your ministry team partners. And I, and I, need, I, need, some, I need some other people activated right now in Jesus' name.
Ministry teams are going to help lead on this. But I need people that, I mean, I, you, if, you know, if you know how to believe God, go find somebody with their hand up. Ministry teams are going to need some help. Go. Be loose right now. Go. But you've got to believe. You've got to be on the playground with Jovi right now. And it's a good idea to find out the need. What's going on? Everybody with a hand up needs somebody going to them. If you have a hand up, keep your hand up till somebody gets there. We're going to go after it. Just go after it. What is it? We are a house that believes in the miracle working power of God. We are a house that believes that God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. We are a house that believes that it should be on earth as it is in heaven. We believe that. And it's okay if you don't, but we do. We're going to take time. We're going to love each other. I don't care if the person you're with, all you have to say is Jesus is going to come through. For some of you, you're not going to say anything. You're just going to sit with them. You're just going to hold them. You're going to put your hand on them. Thank you, Lord. John 16, verse 24. Until now you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. But now you can ask and keep on asking. And you can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for and your joy will have no limits. We prophesy that over the house tonight. That you can have confidence that you will receive what you ask for and your joy will have no limits. In Jesus' name. We need less. We need less of our word. We need more of God's word. 
Again, you can have confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. No, like you're actually confident. You can have confidence, confidence. that you will have what you asked for. And your joy will have no limits. Say, there's no bottom to this pit of despair and hopelessness in my life. No, no, your joy will have no limits. There's just no end to this overflowing black hole of disappointment. No, your joy will have no limits. Maybe up until now, you've not been bold enough to ask anything in the Lord's name. The word tonight is, now you can Listen, listen to this, then we're going to go. <laughs> John 15, 7 through 9. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Who's saying this, by the way? Who? Jesus. Does anybody believe that Jesus tells the truth? Yes. You know what I love? I got to tell this one. It's a little funny, but I got to tell it. So Sunday, I got done, you know, preaching on Sunday. You're like, I know, you're back again. Praise God. Okay, so I got done preaching on, I got done preaching on Sunday, and I went to the back, to the office over. This one cracked me up. Pastor Lee, you're going to like this one. So I went, I went back there, and uh, Israel, Pastor Jacob's son, was back there, and uh, I went back to take off my microphone and everything, and uh, Shekinah was back there, and she told me, Zach, I got to tell you what Israel said. Israel told me, Shekinah, you need to listen to Zach because everything he says is true. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I want to tell you right now in the words of Israel, you need to listen to Jesus because everything he says is true. Now, I'm 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 not trying to hype you up. There's a difference between hype and encouragement. Listen, I'm, I, am, I am not a hype man by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not the person to make you excited. Come on. Praise God. So if you couldn't hear on this side of the room, Sister Janelle said as we were praying, she saw somebody with an intestinal issue. And she saw it healed, but she saw God actually replace the, the faulty part and with new part in Jesus' name. If that's yours and you need it, just receive it. Receive that. And Pastor Lee, we receive that for who we've been praying for today too. In Jesus' name. Exactly with what's going on with one of our, one of our brothers. Thank you. That's yours. Just receive it. How many of you believe that everything Jesus says is true? Okay. Okay. All right, here you go. Get ready. Are you ready? Yes. Do you believe that everything Jesus says is true? Yes. Okay, I'm talking, have you figured out I'm talking to you like you're Jovi now? <laughs> Do you believe everything that Jesus says is true? Yes. Okay, then here it is. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Listen to this. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. How do you believe God for big things? You believe he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And you don't change your mind on the subject. Stand up if you're ready not to change your mind on the subject in Jesus' name. Praise God. That's good. That's good. I'm going to pray.
Please go get your kids. They're a blessing, but they're your blessing. They're not our blessing. Take your little blessings with you home. All the way home. Wee, 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 all the way home, right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to... Ministry team, you have the night off. We're not going to come to the front tonight. We're already, we did our job. Everybody that needed it raised their hand. Praise God. And if you needed something and ministry team didn't come or you didn't have an opportunity, the good news is you actually live with Jesus all the time, so just ask him about it. That'd be great. Father, thank you for your grace and your love and your power in our lives. We choose to leave here believing that everything you say is true. And we're not going to change our mind on the subject. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for the power of the faith that is the result of being able to say, I love you too. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good.